Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Jeff. And he's tight end. And Roger Bell. Bell has done 3 22 to Roger. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out on a Friday. The NBA Finals are underway. We had game one last night. Not a ton of drama as the Raptors pretty much controlled the game throughout. The Warriors tried to mount a couple comebacks. Couldn't get it done. We're going to break that down. I really wanted to lead the show with something, mm-hmm. but I understand we are a sports show. We are on a sports network, so I'm going to push it to the back burner a little bit. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't, but it's our show. Like, it is our show, but I feel like I'd be do doing the like. viewers and listeners a disservice. You don't have to spend a whole A block on it. What you got? I mean, you saw what happened to the spelling bee, right? The national. Sport. Oh, the eight winners. Yes. Yeah, that's a competitive. It's a sport, right? I, yes. I mean, I it was on ESPN. The damn agreed. Thing. Agreed. I want to save that because I'm right. curious to get your that. thoughts on All that. Right. And hey, I think we can, get, we can get to a bigger discussion on that one. Uh, but we have a lot to get to, including the game and uh, Mike D'Antoni. There's an update on his contract status as well, okay. or lack thereof, that we're going to get to a little bit later. But the game last night. Uh, so I'm a little bit behind because i was at a momentous occasion this morning yeah my youngest uh, that's why i'm all uh, focus uh, said i look uh, like a uh, uh i look work uh, on wall street i said is that his way of saying i look pretty damn you, good you are pretty like pretty dressed dapper. up for a kindergarten graduation well, brother. So, i think you well there were dudes wearing flip-flops and shorts i wanted to send a message to my daughter though hey you are important so this is what i'm gonna look like for you she's six do you think she'll remember that <laughs> Probably not. And for the photo op. And for the photo op. The photo op was okay. there. All right, all right. She was dressed up, so I want to show that I can I dress you. up too. Alright, so that's where I was. I'm a little bit behind. I was actually at a sports bar last night with a buddy watching the game, so I didn't get to really dial in uh, as I typically might when I'm watching it, but it was a pretty impressive performance by Toronto. You and I both picked them, yeah. correct? Yeah. You know what I did though? Uh, right before the game. Took the under. No, no, no. Do you remember what I said if the number got to a certain level that I might take Golden State because you can rarely get Golden State as a dog that's significant? Right. And it was two right before the game uh, tips. It's like, you know, 845. I look on there, and it's plus two for the Warriors. I was like, oh, I got to take them. Yep. Took them and then ended and up losing that one. Yeah, and I didn't do anything in-game. But uh, it was pretty imp- uh, pr- impressive performance. Now, the bo- the most reaction I've seen on Twitter – and social media and opinion, you know, people on TV or whatever analyzing the game is, oh, the Warriors need Kevin Durant back in order to win this finals. Is that a proper assessment? I don't think it is. I think it was game one. I thought, you know, it was just kind of normal. They, yeah. the, Toronto was favored. They won. I don't think it's time to panic yet at all for the Warriors. No, I don't think you, you panic if you're the Warriors. It was, it, it couldn't have been scripted worse though for the Warriors in terms of what you got out of Kawhi. Um, I mean, it's crazy that the guy's so good that he has a bad game, relatively speaking, five for 14, and he still's got 23 points and eight boards. Um, uh, Kyle Lowry wasn't very good. You got 50 and change out of your two best players as, as Golden State and a triple double out of Draymond, and you still lose. Like, that's probably the worst case scenario for Golden State, but it is in panic mode because you did only lose game one. Um, there was a very real thing, uh, in terms of the nine days, of rest and Toronto coming in here with this fevered, you know, city and country behind them. They were going to come out and give you their best swing in game one. So I don't think that it's time to panic. 
I don't necessarily think that you have to have Kevin Durant to win this series, but we need to get past the point of having the conversation of whether they're better or not with Kevin Durant. They right. are definitely a better team with Kevin Durant. Right. And of course they are because he's one of the best players in the world. You add him to that mix. Now it might, t- that's the thing I'm worried about is that when Kevin Durant comes back, you know, we saw them a little bit off last night when Boogie Cousins come in. It's just a, that doesn't flow as nice. We talked about that leading into that game. When Kevin Durant comes back, there's going to be an issue there. Like just getting him back in the offense the way they're used to playing without him and then they'll have to implement him back in. But yes, of course, I think they're going to be better. The one thing that concerned me, obviously Toronto was dialed in defensively, did a pretty good job. When I see in the third quarter the Golden State Warriors get a shot clock violation, right. that to me is, uh, what's going on with this team? Like, where are they mentally? And they just looked a little bit, they're always kind of cool as a cucumber, right? They never panic. They always know they've got that run in the back pocket. Yep. And it just looked like last night there wasn't a sense of urgency for a game that's on the biggest stage out there in the finals. You hit the nail on the head. Like, I'll get into, you know, the keys and what I thought went, went well and what, what didn't go well for the other team, but... Overall, and sometimes it boils down to this, Toronto wanted that game more. They came out and they had more energy. Um, they were flying around the court. You could feel it. And Golden State was relatively flat. Like Draymond is self-professed best defender of all time. You were matched up with Pascal Siakam most of the night. And Pascal Siakam goes off for 14 to 17 and 32 points. And the biggest beef that you had all game, if you're Draymond, is with Drake after the game. Yep. Like you weren't focused. And for a team that you would think had the advantage in terms of Having been there and done that and knowing what it takes to come out and be laser focused and razor sharp, they, they were not. Toronto was that team. Do you think, because I saw it unfolding and Drake has been such a storyline. They've been <laughs> asked about him before. I kind of think he's in their head. Oh yeah, he's, he's got a little, there's a little, um, I don't know, uh, what do you call you it? You know what drives efficiency. them. There's a little efficiency apartment rented out in some of their heads <laughs> by Drake. Like he is definitely just the fact that anyone has even, you know, engaged with him during the game, after the game, that tells you everything you need to know. If you're really focused, Danny, you have no time to talk to that cat. I'm not dignifying He's a fan. your presence. He's with a the, fan. Correct. That's the only thing. Like, and he goes out there. This was hilarious. He found the lint and said, uh, Steph Curry hair lint for sale on my eBay right now. Uh, puts his username up there. That was pretty funny. I think Drake. Raymond shouldn't wear 23. Like, yes. He's trolling. Oh, yeah. He's, he's but see, what? here's the thing. I don't know. You can't really win this if you're the Warriors until after it's over and you win the finals. Because the more you interact with them, the more that plays into them. Because, I mean, you were you talked some tracks, right? You talked a little bit of smack. Um, yeah. Isn't the object of that to get in the guy's head to throw him off his game, to take him a little bit off the focus, the intensity, so that it's not as laser-focused? Then all of a sudden you're worried about what somebody's doing, the reaction, what you're going to do to them when you do something good. And it just... It messes with you, and I think that's what's happening. It's crazy that we're even at this point, but I think he's in their head a little bit. Well, he clearly is in their head. The fact, again, the fact that you're even engaging with him, um, it shows that, that that you're thinking about him, and you've been asked questions about him at the press conference. The question then becomes, what do you do about it? Like, is that is that fuel for you, or is it a distraction for you? And it looks like, to some degree, in game one, it was a bit of a distraction. They they clearly didn't use it as fuel. Draymond. And I want to give him credit. He's as good as anybody um, of finding a, a little bit of motivation and wearing it like a chip on his shoulder and going out there and handling his business. And he, di- he didn't do that last night. He didn't play poorly. But for what he represents for that Golden State team, which is their backbone, you know, that stand-up guy that's not going to let anything go, and for your guy to be the one that was just having a field day offensively, if Pascal Siakam has 32 points, 
Um, and he shot, I don't know, 14 for 37 and had some free throws mixed in. That's one thing. But 14 for 17, man, I do, that's the type of numbers that you put up in a gym with nobody guarding you at all, Danny. Right. You know what I mean? So like, he didn't represent Draymond Green, that is what, what he needs to represent for, for Golden State, you know, to, to be what they need to be in this series. As much as we talk about the stars and the impact they're going to have on the game, it does seem like a lot throughout the course of history that some of the role players come up with the bigger shots and the bigger performances, and that could be the difference in the series. Yes, you're going to have games where Kawhi goes off. You're going to have great games where Kawhi, you know, struggles. Like, not right. struggles, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Relatively speaking, you're going to have games when Steph Curry doesn't shine. He had a pretty strong performance last night, didn't get much up around him. So a lot of it does become the secondary players that have some of the biggest impacts in these games. That's, again, why I'm not that worried because at home you would expect the role players to play better for Toronto than you would for Golden State. Absolutely. Now, there is an issue with Golden State, and we've talked about this from series to series. Like, they, they just don't have a lot of depth. They're, they're, right. They really don't have a lot of guys. And what we haven't talked about yet is, you know, is Andre Iguodala's injury something that was serious? Because he went out late in the game. You know, it looked like another one of those calf strains or, or some kind of muscle strain the way it happened right after a, a, a play kind of with no one hitting him. That's significant because they're just too thin to be able to withstand another injury to a guy. Andre Iguodala has been huge um, in in this championship like era for Golden yep. State. They cannot afford to lose another player. Um, I was wrong in terms of the pace of this game. You know, I talked a lot about it yesterday on the show and with Rip and, and Tommy uh, on our finals breakdown about the pace with which both teams wanted to play. I thought Golden State would want to get up and down a little bit more. I thought Toronto would kind of try to scale it back and keep it. Toronto came out, and it was obvious from the jump they were going to push the tempo. They wanted to get up and down. And I was like, what is what is going on here? Like, what? Are, why would you be doing that? Well, number one, and I hadn't factored in, they have more bullets in the chamber. Like, they have more players than Golden State does. So the more up and down you get this, the more it taps into Golden State's weakness, which is their bench, right? Yep. And secondly... Pascal Siakam, at times Toronto this, this postseason, when they get bogged down in the half court, we've even come on the show and said, man, that's ugly. It's just Kawhi going one-on-one. There's really no flow to their offense. Transition takes care of that. Pascal Siakam is out. He's laying balls on the front of the rim. Before you know it, 14 for 17 for 32. Like guys are running into threes. It got more people involved for Toronto. So the pace was, was really interesting. I, I called it wrong. I thought they would try to slow it down, but the pace is what allowed a lot of those guys to get involved. And then I do want to touch on like both teams I thought executed their game plan relatively well. I just felt like Toronto did it with more energy and more conviction than Golden State did. Golden State got the ball out of Kawhi's hands, right? Everybody else had to beat them. And and kudos to Marc Gasol, who they dared to shoot shots. He had 20, 14 at the half, was leading all scorers. Pascal Siakam, we just touched on at 32. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, another 15, 5 for 8. Um, Danny Green chimed in with 11. If I'm Golden State, though, good. I'm not changing. Like, right. you got to come out and beat me again. I know Kawhi can beat me. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you guys can keep beating me like that. But you got to do it with more energy. They were giving away open looks, uncontested looks, just, you know, open gym type of looks. And then on the flip side of that, you know, Toronto really did a good job of identifying shooters in transition. Getting to Steph and Clay. You know, it's one thing, Danny, when you run back, you get to the paint. Now you're trying to get out to a three-point shooter. Yep. When those shots were missed, Toronto found a man. They found those guys immediately. So they were bodied up while they're running down the court. They always had a big attached to the to the offensive big. So when they came off those screens, there were soft double teams. Even, you know, like five or six of their shots were contested by two players. They made Steph play in little tiny spaces. 
They trapped him in coming off pick and roll. He threw it away a bunch of times. Um, I thought they executed their game plan. Golden State did too. Toronto did it with more conviction. Yeah, and I think the defensive side of the ball is where the biggest adjustment, biggest sense of urgency could come for Golden State. And I, Draymond Green, um, you know, there's a sort of a love-hate relationship that I have with my – I love some of the stuff. I don't love some of the antics that go on out there, but I love some of his comments after the game. Uh, he said – he gave them credit. I think he played an awesome game, talking about Pascal Siakam, obviously, yep. but he got out in transition. Our transition D was horrible, and I let him get in rhythm in the first half, first quarter, really. So I have to do a better job of taking his rhythm away, and I will, but he had a great game, but that's on me. I love that he takes ownership sure. of that, that he gets it on that. Um, did you see when he was asked about Drake after the game from the reporter? Yeah, he said he didn't he – yeah. that wasn't a scuffle de- right. definition to him. <laughs> Which I totally agree with him, and it is – imagine that's where I think it gets in the head again. It's after the game. You want to talk about the game. And you're getting asked about Drake, right. and you know he was yapping to him after saying you're trash, whatever it was. Yeah. And Draymond barked back at him, which he admitted. It's just one of those things that I'm telling you, it's it's in their head a little bit. Um, Kawhi Leonard, do you think so? His game, not any concern there, whatever. No, performance? I don't think so either. He Look, he was five for fourteen, not a great night. Um, any concern with his? Because he did have the season where he took 22 games off. There was load management. Oh. Any issue with him physically at this no, point? No, this this was a player identifying what a team was doing to him, which was, you know, a, 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 again, a page out of what they did to Damian Lillard. There were instances we don't have him queued up. These are just missed shots, man. That right. happens when you're not in a rhythm. Um, again, another... Yeah, it's a good shot. I mean, he played within himself. He wasn't trying to do too much. The the way they defended him dictated, look, he's playing around two people. I'd like him to get off of that ball there and try to split that instead of trying to split that. But they were sending two guys at him even when he was in an ISO up the court. All you can do now is is hope that you have enough playmakers around you. And I talked about this again um, in terms of making other guys make plays. Golden State did that. And guess what those other guys did? They made the plays. Yep. Like, and so Kawhi is in a good space where he can just chill, watch other guys make the plays. If they need him down the stretch, maybe he tries to take it over, but they didn't. Uh, there's a ton of pressure on Steph Curry in this series because he doesn't have the finals MVP. There's been so much talk about, hey, without Kevin Durant, he has to step up his game. He stepped up and delivered 34 points. He was eight of 18, four for nine from three. Yeah. Is there anything else he could have done? I don't think there is. I mean, I think when you have that type of performance, other guys have to contribute around you. Yeah, I thought Steph did his job. Um, I didn't think Clay was great, but right. he wasn't bad. You know what? They, I think that without Kevin look, Durant, they need him to be great. They need to have the Splash Brothers yeah. both, yeah. Uh, you know, clicking on all. Absolutely, because the next because Draymond's ten isn't enough to supplement thirty four and twenty one. That's just no. not enough to get it done. You know what they didn't do well, and Steph was, you know, as big a culprit. I mean, Draymond was too. They had sixteen turnovers, mm-hmm. and they they are loose with the ball. They always way before. Um, but without Kevin Durant, without a dude that's going to just get you straight, easy ISO buckets, you can't afford to have 16 turnovers. And again, some of that was Steph Curry moving to his left with a little tenacious kind of guard and Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry up underneath in his ribs, which he doesn't like, and then a really big Mark Gasol coming over and trapping as he's going to his left. And he's trying to – that's like his kryptonite, if there's anything, is getting him in little tight spaces with big, strong bodies. They did that well, but they cannot afford 16 turnovers uh, in game two. Yesterday, you said you don't think Kevin Durant will play in the series. I said there's a chance maybe he plays in games five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. After I thought there was no way he was going to play in Toronto. So Yahoo Sports comes out with this report. It says unlikely to play in game two. I think that's obvious. Uh, he's going through individual shooting drills. Hasn't done the full practice with a team. 
Do you think his mindset and whether he comes back or not depends on the the way the series is unfolding, or is that not in consideration? Because I would think it would. Like if yeah, if, if the Warriors were up two nothing, you're like, why am I going to come back? We're coming back home. But if they go down 0-2 and it looks a little desperate and you feel like you're needed, I think there's pressure from your teammates. I think you put pressure on yourself. Yeah. And I, I think, think you start thinking about coming back at 90% that, as opposed to wait until I'm 100%. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, if you're dealing with a, 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 a fractionally recovered Kevin Durant, then, yeah, the way the series plays out is going to dictate whether he comes back or not. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Like, right. you know what I mean? But, yeah, if you're talking about an 85% Kevin Durant, you're watching – trying to figure out what this looks like. Do they need me? Do they not need me? And I'll tell you like this. If he's going to play in game four, then that limp that you saw when he got off the plane was a fake. Right. Because if that was a real genuine limp and that was he's all not the coming back at all, not playing game four, I'm telling you that right now. Well, I don't know if you saw some of the predictions for the games. I think on ESPN, all uh, two out of three picked the Raptors in six or the Raptors in seven, and they said they didn't believe – uh, the, the Kevin Durant's gonna come back at all. They weren't buying it. But uh, you do wonder, like, hey, maybe he was limping and yeah. just kind of babying it and showing that for the cameras. Uh, this isn't a, I told you so, or I know better than you. I've just had this injury, right? And it might feel decent. There, there's a, at the beginning, it, you know, you can't do anything on it. You're like, okay, right, I'm, I'm, I'm just out. I can't, I can't do anything. And then there's a place that you get to where you're like, this is a lot better than it felt last week. Man, I can put a little bit more pressure on it. You know, I can do a little bit of this. And then when you take, take that next step up in, 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 uh, action or in pounding on, on your leg, you're like, Oh no, can't, can't, <laughs> nope, not ready to do that yet. And so, but don't I, you, cause I've always kind of, you've assessed injuries kind of different ways. And one of the ways that I've always kind of addressed them is, Hey, and there are differences. Like if it's a regular season game, do you yeah. try to play? And if it's a playoff game, do you play? Or even the Super Bowl or the NBA finals. That's where I think it gets interesting. If Kevin Durant, maybe he's not there and it still really is bothering yeah. him. He's like, I got to give it a go just to see if I can help this team. Yeah. Th- no, definitely. Right. I mean, and, and you're looking at a team now that struggles to score. I, I don't mean to be like <sighs> hypocritical, right? Cause I came back and when I came back in that game, Magic Johnson and Charles Barkley and all of those dudes at, at halftime were like giving me the bit. Well, before the game, they were like, why would he come back? He's putting his team in a terrible spot. He can't do what he needs to do. Um, all I had to do was really run out there and defend and trick some referees into giving me charge calls. Like, do you know what I mean? My yeah. responsibility wasn't that great. It was an emotional lift for our team, which I'm sure Kevin Durant will provide for their team. Um, the, the difference is he's going to have to do a lot of offensive work. And I, if you had asked me to do that, even in the role that I played for Phoenix, if you had asked me to shoot 10 threes in that game I came back, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. I would have hurt my team instead of helping them. And so that's what I worry about with KD. I'm sure he's game. I'm sure he'll try to roll it out there and give it a shot. What you need him to do, if he's not healthy, he's not going to be able to do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. What if 
if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell hanging on a Friday. So we pride ourselves on, you know, being being pretty well dressed dudes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Some of us more dressed show, up yeah. than others, you know, sometimes, <laughs> but that's all good. No, it's, uh, <laughs> um so we need you to judge this yeah. because there was a, a little fashion competition last night. You had Drake who wore the old school Del Curry oh. jersey, the Raptors jersey. Right. You can see that with Curry on the back. And then you had your boy Andre Godala, that's which I don't know what is going on there. Poncho, man. That is an awful That's terrible. look. And like Westfield, the only guy that can pull off looks like this, that no they one. look like they're walking on a fashion runway, is Russell Westbrook. No one. You cannot pull this look off if you're Iggy. No one pulls that off. Some stylist actually put that on him, though, and said, yeah, this looks good. Uh, he should fire them. That's he should I, I'm fire them. With Iggy. Like, Iggy has a style sense. He usually yeah. dresses well. That, I mean, he looks like a he's a traffic a cop or somebody like in a construction zone directing traffic. Swinging a miss, bro. Swinging a miss. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Drake did it? We talked about his tattoos yesterday mm-hmm. that he actually had the, the Nike wristband over him. So you couldn't. Oh, did he really? Oh, you didn't see it on his oh, arm? Straight troll. Can you pull mode. that picture back up? Cause you can see he, he put a black wristband yeah. on his arm over, over the, the tat. tattoos that were right there. Over easy money sniper and. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. See, uh, you can't see it. No, no, I see it. In the I middle see one. It over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there covering up the 30 and the, uh, I don't know how I missed that the old Toronto Raptors unis were like color blocked. Like they're, they're, I didn't on either. The front and black on the back. I never knew that. How are we feeling about that? Um, I, I probably keep, keep them back in the 90s. Or where they, they are. weren't really like that, were they? I don't think so, but I don't know. Drake's got it like that. He can do it. Uh, whatever. He, well, now it's like, I can't wait to see what he does next. Oh, bro. Game. He's, uh, <laughs> he has taken this whole, this, the fact that the finals, like it, the, the biggest, like conversation is is regarding Drake and his interaction with players. Like it's a win for Drake. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's, he's his winning. Popularity. His Q rating is off the charts. Not that right he now. needed it, but right. I mean, he's he's winning. He's taking over. He's taking over the NBA Finals. Absolutely, he definitely is. Uh, you know who else did was uh, Marcus Sol and Fred Van Vliet because they were pretty impressive. We talked about the role players uh, from their performance. Will this continue? Because I don't think that I don't. That's the one thing I look at if you're the Warriors. Is yes, you got a monster performance from, uh, performance from Pascal Siakam. You didn't get as much from Kawhi, but I think you're kind of expecting that to come back. I don't think you're going to get these performances to continue to last for some of these role players. Well, they're going to continue to get opportunities, I would imagine. Cause again, I don't think Golden State is going to flinch in their desire to get the ball out of Kawhi's hands and make other people beat you. So I think they'll get opportunities, whether they're to the tune of the 20 that they had, uh, and the 15. I don't know, but they'll get, they'll get the looks. Now here, again, I said that this was worst case scenario for Golden State. Another reason. If you're going to come out and challenge all these like first time um, finals participants to make shots, and they do, their confidence is riding on a thousand, right? Like, yep. so you don't get to put that cat back in the bag. It's out. These dudes feel like they belong on the stage now. So those shots that could have been tight shots in game one, or if you missed a couple of them, even tighter in game two, they're playing with house money now. So they they do become more dangerous after having those performances in game one. Do you put any stock in? Van Vliet's play since his son was born. Cause I do. Cause his, you know, his first, uh, 15 playoff games uh-huh. before his son was born, 
he averaged four points a game. In the past four games, since his baby boy was born, he's averaging 15. I am a firm believer that whatever you believe in, if you believe in God, nature, whatever it is, that you are given for a short period of time some sort of superpowers, extra adrenaline, whatever it is, so that you can, because you're going to be up all night, yeah. you're not getting much sleep, you're not getting much rest, you have to run after them, you know, mom's got to feed them, you got to change the diaper, all this stuff, I think you are gifted with some extra energy, I think he's channeling that energy, and it's actually playing out on the big stage in the finals. Good for you. I would, I would, <laughs> you're not buying into I'm that not theory? i that. You know what I think happened? I think that he was in a slump. Things weren't, things weren't like working out the way he wanted. Someone is blowing my phone up right now. Like it's concerning. <laughs> like it will not stop ringing. But I think he was in his own head and he really didn't have anything to distract him from being in his own head about his game. And here comes the, the, the new youngin, right? Yep. And that gives you a distraction. It puts things in perspective a little bit for you, right? And it gets you out of your own head and you're like, you know what, man? Like this is not that serious. Right. I mean, it's not. Look at this. I got a new, I got a new young, you know, son. Pressure off. And now you're relaxed and you're playing basketball. And when you see something start to work, you know, that old confidence thing is a mofo, right? Now you're rolling. Yep. Uh, so see that? Science or, or, or superpowers. I don't know. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, there was something that happened last night that really bothered me. And probably if you're a sports fan, you might have missed it because it was on during the NBA finals. So the national spelling bee is going on. And it's a fun event. I actually yesterday during the day put it on for my daughters and yeah. be like, Hey, you guys gotta step up your game a little bit. As <laughs> all these kids were out there just blowing away these words that I could, I need to step up my game because sure. I couldn't spell them. So they knocked it down, uh, after like eight hours during the day, they knocked it down to a final 16. They go and they start knocking them out. You miss words, you get eliminated. So they get down to their final eight competitors. Mm-hmm. They go around a couple times. I don't know exactly how many times they went around, but they all keep getting them right. So you know what they did? They didn't, they didn't go to like a playoff They're round. They didn't go to a sudden death tiebreaker. They were all winners. All eight of them. They all got around, took a picture. All of them got to hold the trophy like they got like one. They all had their hands on the trophy and they got a great photo. How do you op. think the kids feel about that? If you've worked, they looked happy. Did they? But it would, it's me as What a about kid? the moms and dads? Those moms and dads look like they're, they, some of them are oh, more they, invested than the sport parent. Which, I think it's equivalent. I mean, because they were up there like, oh yeah, hanging by a thread as their kid gets like is on there and devastated if they got him wrong. So here's why I think the parents are cool with it. So the reports are out that the 50 grand prize, which is supposed to go to the winner, they're actually all getting 50. Uh They're not splitting that scholarship money. Yeah, yeah. So that's That's kind of cool. cool, But I there's such a like Coca actually. I have to give him credit on this one. Our producer gave me the idea, and I think it's a great idea that. You should put them all up there at the same time, have the word put out, like a long word, whatever it is, and whoever spells it the fastest is the one that wins, which I think would be fantastic. Because I can't stand I, like I can't stand the delay slow play oh, thing, like give me definition, the definition. Please. And you, you know they're just sentence. buying time. What's the origin of the word? Uh, over yeah. and over and yeah. over again. The other suggestion, Great. Matt Barry, who's actually the host of it on ESPN, he's a buddy of mine, and I t- I tweeted him on the the one where I was like, This is ridiculous, this is a joke, we have to have a winner. And I said, we should do the thing with the speed contest. Yeah. He said, what about Jeopardy style where they can buzz in? And so the first one that buzzes in gets to do it by themselves. Yeah. I think that's a good suggestion. Any case, any way you look at it, it's better than eight. You know, splitting I, that thing like an octo championship yeah, makes you, zero sense. You know, and I'm I would have been ever in off on, as a kid. on multiple winners, let alone eight winners. But if you're going to give 50 racks worth of scholarship to eight kids, sign me up, dude. I'm in with that. I, I'm sorry. You know, I don't love the trophy. I don't love the trophy for every kid. 
But you're giving 50 racks to eight kids, man. That's not a bad. So thing. they're breaking the rules is what they're doing because the bees, the spelling bees rules called for no more than three spellers to share the title. The possibility of four more winners wasn't considered before Thursday. Paige Kimball, the B's executive director, said B officials developed a contingency plan for multiple champions after gauging the spellers' performance in the earlier final rounds. It's fantastic. You know That's what? awful. There's only a What are these people, what are these kids going to do when they go apply for the job and there's eight applications they're all there? You think the company's going to be like, yeah, we'll hire all eight of you. No. They're going to find something that right. separates you from the next you one. No, I agree. That's all I talk about. But yeah, listen, but you still but, love but, the eight. But I mean, look, you're giving, man, come on, Danny, you got to have a soft, like what yeah, about these kids that can't seniors. afford to go to schools? We don't offer free educations. Like that's 50 racks worth of education. It is 50 some of those racks. All right, I'm, good I'm, just, I'm supporting that. Um, what was I going to say, bro? You talk so much, man. <laughs> no, hold on. They should what do? was I going to say? Smash the trophy on the ground and say, you get a piece, and you get a piece, and here you go. Here's your piece. I forgot what I was going to say. I actually don't love the spelling bee. I don't either. I won't watch it. No, it's boring. In I fact, my daughter was I, like, this is boring. I will not turn it on. They're, like, out of... I, I think it's just scarring from when I was a kid. Yeah. Because I was a first. You did I was, spelling bee? I, it was mandatory. It was. Yeah, when we were in like uh, grade school in the Virgin Islands, it was mandatory. Everybody had to do spelling bee. Really? And you could take like, there were people that were in it, and there were people that were like, I'm getting the first one wrong because I don't want to do this no more. Right? <laughs> and that and, was and I was in between. I was like, well, I'm not going to tank it, but I'm probably not going to give my heart and soul to it. But I inevitably would go out in the first or second round anyway, and then you'd be you'd be salty. So yeah, I, I I got to avoid that one thankfully because I think yeah. it was voluntary. I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, welcome back to Canal and Bell. It's a Friday. You have big plans for this weekend. Oh, going to the movies it's going today, huh? Down. We're going to see Aladdin with the family. I'm, that's on the list to do perfect family movie. I'm going to try to do that too. Yeah. I have a wild and crazy pool party. Like, oh, today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bunch, <laughs> bunch of six-year-olds. Bunch of six-year-olds kindergarten yeah, graduation oh, party fun. Fun. out there. Yeah, so we're gonna do that. Yeah. Um, Godzilla, you in or out? I'm out. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm it doesn't sound like something I would be into. Although I, I wasn't into King Kong either, but Kong Skull Island, I enjoyed that. So m I might check out Godzilla. Is that the one with the goofy dude? Is that uh, what's the guy's name that was in Step Brothers with Will Ferrell? Yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. Um, uh, it was John Jack C. Riley. Black, but John C. Riley was yeah. in it too, wasn't well, he? And, one uh, of the characters? And Kong. Yeah, it wasn't I don't know. Jack Black was in that for sure. Uh, all right, so the NFL. This has always been something that has been on the table somewhat. Um, as a negotiating ploy, uh, and it's the 18 game schedule. The 16 game schedule as it stands now, uh, is, I think it's effective. I think it works. But my bigger issue is with the four game preseason. Uh huh. And if, if I was a current player and you said, you know what? We want 18 games. And I said, well, let's cut the preseason down to one or two. Right. I'd be down with that. Right. If, and also, of course, you're going to offset, you're going to, you're going to increase the salary cap, you're going to increase the earnings because there's going to be two more regular season now games, we're talking. TV contracts, now we're talking. and money always does talk. Um, so this was reported um, by Mark Mask of the Washington Report, said uh, the NFL could seek an 18-game regular season or an expanded playoff field and a new labor deal. In return, Mask says many owners are willing to offer players concessions to the commissioner's disciplinary authority and to the marijuana policy. This is what bothers me. If you're going to float this out, and use it to do something that should be done anyway when you're talking about the marijuana policy because it shouldn't be a big deal. It shouldn't be tested. They should drop that test anyway. Then that's ridiculous. And if the players took that deal, I would find whoever the head of the Players Association says, what are you thinking? Don't do it for some or for disciplinary issues. Look. Do it for money. Money talks. That is the way the NFL works. Who cares about the marijuana policy? That one should be taken care of anyway. But disciplinary issues – 
Who cares if Roger Goodell wants to rule with an iron fist and all this stuff? You need more money if you're going to play more games. That should be the only thing on the table if you're the Players Association. No, this, this is NFL owners looking at their their NFL employees and thinking they're stupid. Right, what but, this boils down. but you know what like, happened? The last CBA, they did the same thing, and they said, and they went oh, well, for it. Exactly. That's what drove me nuts. So why wouldn't we a do player it at the time? Exactly. Somebody needs to talk some sense to these players because the last time it was, oh, we won't make you have as many OTAs. They won't be mandatory. We'll give you more days off. Um, you know, we'll have less hitting in practice. All things that are good, but those should happen anyway. Correct. It should be about the money, and that's why it drives me nuts. Because the NFL players, the NFL uh, Players Association has one of the weakest unions in all of professional sports, and it's because they get worked over routinely in these negotiations. They need to stop playing businessman, getting all dressed up and going to the meetings and acting like they can go toe-to-toe with billionaires and their people. They need to hire people that that know how to negotiate. And then you go in and you're a part of the discussion, but you're going to hire the right people that can get you the best deal possible. When will this be bargained on? When will the next CBA come up for I think it's still a year away. What they need to be doing now is NFL, and I don't know what the NFL PA does. uh, The NBA PA was really good. They were two years out on us, like start saving your money. Yep. Oh, yeah. Start putting it away. that was part of this report was that there were and I was I, before the last negotiation this was three years out they were telling us hey they bumped up our dues yeah. for the union yes dues, correct and they said our we're prepping. doing this to build a war chest we're just going to the case. mattresses yeah yep absolutely but as part of that negotiation they need to be willing to take the hard line approach and say you guys just need to do the right thing with the marijuana policy and the dis- disciplinary issues you, we, if you really want to have an 18 game discussion, we need to have a, a legitimate it's discussion. It's not going to be tied to anything, right? right? We're not tying the 18 game conversation to any other concession that you were like, that's, these are two separate entities, right? right. If you want to talk about 18 games and I'm with you. Right. Like 20 is the number that you've been operating off of now. Yep. Here's what I don't, the, the black eye that the NFL has taken, whether, whether warranted or not, that's another conversation. But in terms of, you know, safety, concussions, uh, CTE and all of that stuff, I don't know how you get away with adding more games to the schedule. So you, you play 20 now. If you want to have the conversation of making two of those more meaningful by making them regular season games and subtracting the preseason games, I'm fine with that. If you're going to pay accordingly, right? right? I don't know how you add more real games to what the NFL already has. And, 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 and escape like the public backlash. I don't know how you do that. So here is how you do it. And this is where I actually like the idea. And Pete Prisco was all over this because uh, he had a tweet when this story was released that 18 games in the NFL is coming. Get used to it. But players, aside from QBs, will still play 16 games. Rosters will be expanded. More jobs, more money. It will happen. That I'm down with. Okay. If, say if you go from a 53 man ro- roster to a 60 or 63, whatever number it is, uh, what? so that you can rest players. You'll get two games out. off. Or you're well, saying see, the total amount of minutes that they play will still only be 16 games. Cause really that's not 16 games. Right. That's still 18 games. Oh, absolutely. Right. It'll be, but see, here's the, it'll be the amount of plays you can play without a season, throughout a season. And that's why he said, that's why I think Pete Prisco is saying the quarterbacks will still play the full length of the games. Cause they're, gonna they're not going to get that match. No, but I think what would happen is you could manage minutes better, manage plays. Let, so throughout the season, you may not, let's say you play 60 plays in a game. They're going to play their horses. Cut it down no, to stop, 40, get 40 stop. games. Coaches, Maybe they do have to cap it. Coaches are then. trying to win those games. True. So if Danny Cannell is the best option at running back or receiver and he's at a max and I'm like, mm, Danny, get in there. There's nobody. No, you can't do it. <laughs> Maybe it is a cap then. Maybe you got to cap something it. That if you're, happens if you're saying you're guaranteeing players to only play 16 games other than quarterbacks, yep. if there's no cap, you can't guarantee that. Uh, spring of 2021 is when the new deal would be in force. 
31st. The NFL's current collective bargaining agreement expires after the 2020 season. So right. still a little bit of time, but it is a good time to start that discussion and start floating some of those ideas. Uh, Kyler Murray was, uh, at OTAs for the Arizona Cardinals the other day and, um, Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals both compared Kyler Murray to Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I think you got to be really careful making comparisons. Um, Christian Kirk spoke about the two quarterbacks. Um, I think you really have to be careful. Uh, Kirk said on, uh, on Kyler, it just comes off his hand very naturally. All these things are good. I think you can praise your quarterback without setting him up with this comparison, which is probably there's no way he can achieve that status. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes through 50 touchdowns. That's only been done a handful of times by the greatest in the game. If Kyler Murray has 30 touchdowns, he would break the rookie record, which Baker Mayfield just set. I think you should just kind of temper the expectations on that. Yeah, and I don't know that I don't have the whole soundbite that they came out there and they were drawing comparison after comparison to Patrick Mahomes. Hopefully this was something maybe said, asked by the press. It, yes, and it was it was dire- you were directed to that and that was the only real place you could go, right? But still you, you gotta be a little bit more savvy when you're dealing with a situation like that. You you want this to be as pressure free for Kyler Murray as it can be, right? Like there the season and, and 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 trying to win and navigating through your rookie year, all of those you know, things are, they're going to present enough challenges and enough pressure for the young man. Don't start comparing him to things we've never seen before. Yep. Like, and, and Patrick Mahomes was, was a thing we had never seen before. It's too early. It's not fair to him. And you start setting the bar. You start setting the bar higher than it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. don't give your franchise any reason to set the bar higher than it needs to be with something that you, you don't know. And the problem with it is that the media kind of runs with it. And so they'll start running with this comparison. Cause I do agree with some of the things Kingsbury said. He said it's just a quick, efficient release. He can drop it down. Pat Mahomes was the same way and is the same way. Well, those are baseball things, right? So those are real, yeah. those are both baseball players, right? Yep. Oh, they're just so used to throwing from different platforms, different angles in baseball, and it just translates over to football for them. Yeah, they don't always have to be on a perfect plane or a great pocket. They can throw from spaces or moving or falling off balance and still be accurate and throw with velocity and such. Those are all good I'm, things. I'm good with that because yeah. th- those are actual but execution But you just have to be really careful when you infuse a name in there, and I get why you're doing it. It does make sense. You can see the correlation. But if that's the standard and that's like you start setting that after week one, you know, Kyler yeah. Murray has two interceptions. They'll be like, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't have his first half, you know, till game three, whatever it was, they'll start making those comparisons, which then you start, people start going asking Kyler Murray about that. And that's what you have to be careful. That of. picture they had up there, Kyler Murray, he, the seams were looking at me, um, off the ball. So he yeah. wasn't gripping the seams. Yeah. How many times would you throw the ball without the seams? Just curious. Cause my hero. I never threw it without the seams. Now, here's the difference in the game, the way the game has changed now to the way the game when I was. There are so many plays that are drawn up now where the quarterback just catches it and boom, it's right. gone. And I would mess with that in practice sometimes. And I would say Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf, they really started doing some of these things where he would step up the line of scrimmage. And if he saw something that was available quick, like a little bubble screen, yeah. he would just say hike and just like grab it and throw it as quick as he could and you could see it without it. Right. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's not that much different. It just wasn't required of me. Yeah. So I didn't have to, but you're seeing more and more guys do it because it's quicker. And you talk about a game of split seconds. Right. If you can get it to the guy and it gives him that much of an edge and it do- you don't lose accuracy or velocity, then go ahead and do I'm, it. I'm only asking, you know, because my son plays, right? Of course, yeah. And his quarterback coach, they do have a lot of throws like that where they're throwing quick little, like, screens and stuff like that. And he told me to get him a, a laceless ball. They have practice balls now. 
But what I started seeing with my son is they like, have they have entirely laceless balls, entireless laceless laceless balls where you could practice like that, like for when you're when you're playing that little RPO stuff or whatever. Um, but now he'll have time and he'll be back like on a three or five step drop and he'll be there and he don't have the laces when he goes to throw. And I'm like, bro, you if you have the time, dog, find the laces. Absolutely. Right? Like if you don't have the time, throw. I was just curious if he unless he loves it. Right. Like I'm always the thing. Like if it like. With golf, if there's a swing, like you can try to tweak certain things, but there's no one way to do yeah. it, right? If he's effective with it yeah. and he's accurate, just as accurate without him, then I wouldn't force him I to not you. do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I'd let me know. I got to get out and work with it. Yeah, I, I, I would like that. Throw. Um, <laughs> yeah. all right. Oh, oh wait. This is our 312th episode. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> the, right. thanks for the offer. Well, I've told you that forever. Right. We just live like two hours <laughs> apart. It feels like sometimes, uh, here in South Florida. Uh, we have breaking news, uh, in the college football landscape. Uh huh. Julian Fleming, do you know who he is? That's I do why I don't know. I don't get too much into college, uh, high school recruiting. He is the number one wide receiver in the class of 2020. Oh, that's... just committed to Ohio State. Oh, so you know who he is now? Yeah, I was talking about him in the news in '90. Of course, you know about him yeah, now, yeah. all the way back from right. an hour ago. Yeah. You know who he was. Um, so Ryan Day gets his per, uh, one of his first big coups. Justin Fields, the five-star quarterback who transferred there from Georgia. Uh, they're gonna have another weapon to work with in the class of 2020. So Julian Fleming going there. The reason I don't pay attention to any of these is because one, he's probably gonna transfer. Like not an indictment on him, but all of them. Right. And I have seen way too many five stars that were supposed to be the next big thing and they become total flops. I don't enjoy talking about guys until they've actually done something. I hear you. Yes, it's fun, and I get that uh, alum, alumni and everybody else that goes to that school, it's a very big business to pay attention to recruiting. I just personally don't love it because I think it's a lot of wasted energy. Sure. That's just me. I know, but 24-7, go check out their sport, their site because they do a fantastic job. <laughs> we hate and, stars. Go check out 24-7. <laughs> exactly. No, they do a great job. If that's your thing, you can find it there, but it's not mine. Or I don't know if it's yours either. All right. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday of Memorial, and this is going to be the first time in a long time that I've used two drivers. As if one epic flash driver isn't enough, I'm going to use two. Well, why such a change of heart? Why am I doing this? Well, I saw a post of Bubba Watson hitting bombs without a shirt on, and he had bare chest hair. And I don't mean B-A-R-E chest hair. I mean grizzly bare, B-E-A-R chest hair, and thought, if I have to have that to hit bombs... I don't want to hit bombs. So I have a shorter driver where I can hit cute little cuts into the fairway. But then I realized that when I was not hitting bombs, my confidence was low. My self-esteem was low. Oftentimes, I wouldn't want to get out of bed. And so when I started hitting bombs, my confidence shot back up. My testosterone came back. My overall attractiveness increased. And so I'm going to have a driver to hit cute cuts in the fairway and to hit bombs. Cute cuts in the fairway. Bro. One driver for that and one for bombs. bombs. My man Phil is killing it on social media. Like there's, there's a lot of good and bad that comes for social media. Phil Mickelson being out there on social media is one of the best things that's happened to golf. Listen, it, whatever he's on, whatever he's smoking, <laughs> it looks like it's a fun high though. It look, you know what I mean? Like he's not really too goofy. He's just having a good time. He looks yeah. like, the, he's, he's like the chilling. dude, man. Exactly. Like, that's uh, some good stuff. Phil, <laughs> hook a brother up, man. Hey, maybe it's just CBD. There's a lot Phil, of guys hook a brother up. CBD now. Yeah, yeah that, looks, that looks like fun. he's having a great time. He's done that video. Do you, are you aware of what he's referencing with Bubba Watson? Uh, you no. ever seen Bubba uh, Watson with his shirt off? No. Oh, he's 
It is. There's a sweater. Yeah, there's a sweater front that, and yeah. back, like a back sweater that's there. Bubba's my so, dude, man. Well, Bubba's, Bubba's hilarious. Bubba's my dude. And they have a little bit of a back and forth, which yeah. is hilarious because he's talking trash. And Bubba owns it. Like he'll say, "Right, I'm like, outside. I don't need a sweater." Like he'll he he posts funny. pictures topless just to show off his back hair. That's crazy. like he'll be out there teeing off uh, with that. Um, so Phil, it'd be interesting to see. I, two, he's done the two drivers before, um, but now that you have to hear the reasoning is even better. I and didn't I didn't know Phil like uh, in this space. Um, he's also with the Cavs. The other day, he was like flexing his calves for people and like kissing at the camera. You know that I'm a I'm a Tiger guy, right? Of course. Phil seems way more fun than Tiger. Is that fair? Like, I mean, if a dude that I would want yes. to have a beer with, because I didn't like Phil. Because I was like, of, but see, here's what I was funny. either team Tiger or team Phil. I felt like I had to be on. I was team Tiger. But in terms of a dude whose personality looks like I might want to sit there and and knock a few back with you. I think it's Phil. Without question. And fans have gravitated towards Phil because Tiger's always been laser focused, especially during his run of yeah. dominance. He's gotten a little bit more fan friendly of, you know, since his comeback. But Phil has always been the guy that's out there high fiving little kids, right. smiling. You showed the crowd. me that up at Beth Page. I never really paid attention. Oh yeah. He so interacts I, with the yeah. crowd more than maybe any other golfer. But the thing that's interesting about it is that there have been polls before by Golf Digest and they'll say who's the most hated golfer on tour. And they'll say Phil Mickelson. Really? Because I think he's he's extremely arrogant, and he talks a lot of trash, and I think it really rubs some guys the wrong yeah. way. And I'm like, relax. <laughs> he's probably just messing with right, you right. half the time that he's out there. Uh, the other one that was funny when he was at Be- uh, Beth Page is he had the video when he tweeted out about his thumbs. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that. He's keeping his thumb in the ice. And he's like, you know, the record for thumbs up in a tournament was 9,447. He's like, I'm going for the record tomorrow. And he's like icing his thumb so he could do the thumbs up to all the fans. So he definitely uh, does all that. Um, so it'll be interesting. The Memorial Tigers out there. Make sure you stay tuned to CBS Sports HQ throughout the weekend. We'll get you all the updates that you need uh, for that tournament. We'll keep you uh, keep an eye on that. All right, game two of the NBA Finals is on Sunday. Oh, you were wrapping it up. No, no, we got time. Did it feel, Coke, did it feel like he was wrapping it up? Or no, I was wrapping up eat? that. I was putting a bow on that conversation. All right, I got it. I do it as a pro. Oh, he slips in his business. CBD oil in <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so Sunday, yeah. uh, we have game two. <laughs> yeah. Warriors, same, uh, spread or one and a half point underdog. I don't know. What would you do differently? Or do you just try to have a little bit more urgency like we yeah. talked about uh, earlier in the show? Uh, you, you need to clean up your transition D. Uh, and Draymond talked about that if you're the Warriors uh, in the post game, you, you have to have a little more attention to detail with that. Um, I think the, 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 the bones, if you will, in the architectural thing, you know, when you're going to look at houses and yeah. trying to see the bones, the bones are good, right? The structure is good. Um, like I, I think you want to get the ball out of Kawhi's hands. You want to challenge some of those guys to make plays on their own. They did it in game one. But you were pretty much daring them to do it in game one. You want to do it, but still contest their, their opportunities. You know what I mean? Pascal Siakam will regress to the mean. Like he's a really good player. Um, but he's not going to have 32 and 14 for 17. You, you weren't that far off. I think if you're Golden State, you just want to clean those turnovers up. You want a little bit tr- better transition D and make sure you stay, um, focused on, on taking care of Kawhi. It's very early, uh, in the action that is mm-hmm. taking place on the game. Uh, as of now, the uh, earlier in the, before when the first line was out there, like 80% of the money was on Golden State, which tells you, and both of us did say on here, Hey, take the Toronto Raptors. Now it's a little bit less, but the money, majority of the money still is on the Golden State Warriors. I kind of feel in the under. You talk about the yeah. defense, the sense of urgency getting back. Uh, the total right now is at 215 and a half. A lot of the money's on the over. So that's where I might lean. Right. But I think I'm going to ride with the Warriors. I'm taking the Golden State in game two. Yeah, so you think it comes yeah. back uh, 1-1. Uh, I do. I think, uh, and we're, we're, it's human nature, man. Like yeah. you're going to, one team is going to 
absolutely feel like that is a, a, a yep. win, and the other is going to be like we're, we're we're doing what we're supposed to do. It's all good, and I really think Golden State's going to come in there and, and punch them in the mouth early in game two. All right, we got a special shout-out, a special thank you to one of our colleagues here at CBS Sports HQ, Stan Januska. Our guy, Stan, yeah, Stan has man. been here for 23 years. He's retiring. If you see anything in the show on CBS Sports HQ year-round when it's watching 24-7, it's because of Stan. He gets things done as our facility specialist, one of the best dudes around here. Enjoy that retirement, Stan. Have some fun. He's going to be out in the golf course. Maybe he'll play two drivers like Phil. That's right. A bunch of grand. Get that CBD. <laughs> Hit him straight. <laughs>